Hey, you're listening to the show. You probably have an entrepreneurial spirit. That's right. That's a big word, and I said it. That's why I want to talk to you about franchise opportunities at Liberty Tax Service. They have a proven system, ongoing training, marketing support, national brand awareness, and great financing opportunities. Now, Liberty Tax can put you on a path to success. So learn more at LibertyTaxFranchise.com. And this week, I'm telling you for more than three decades, her name, her face, and now even her distinctive voice have been known by audiences for all all ages everywhere, thanks to her many successful works in television, in radio, the internet, magazines, film, and now comedy. Yes, comedy. I'm talking about Rolanda, Rolanda Watts. I'm telling you, she has been at the top of the game for so long, and she's doing her own show called Sundays with Rolanda, a one-hour lifestyle and celebrity interview show. And I am so glad to call her my friend. I love her. She's even written a best-selling novel, and it's got a lot of steamy sex in it. Man, she is hot, hot, hot. And she's also the one of the voices for Curious George. I'm telling you, there's so many things, so many labels, so many names that I can put to her, and I'm glad that she's here with me today. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, Rolanda, you've done so much. I mean, voiceovers and co- now comedy. I mean, I, we'll get to that in a second. Comedy, because you killed it the other night. Although, I think when I saw you at the, you know, at Caroline's, you were wearing more of a shirt than a dress. Just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to say that. I'm just going to say that. But, you know, Nate, you've done movies. You, you had your own primetime, unbelievable talk show, which I absolutely love and adored. I mean, what, what do you like most? Well, you know, it's... <laughs> I, thank you very much, Jeffrey. I appreciate that. But, you know, I love all of the things that I do. It's kind of like mm-hmm. saying which one is my favorite child. Each mm-hmm. one brings me uh, their own specific joy and delights me in different ways. But if you really think about it, there's one common thread through everything that I do, and that's storytelling. I love yeah. storytelling, and especially when you can tell stories that make people feel better about life or themselves or, or can, uh, can move people to, to do something different. I, I love stories that move people. Is that your gift, the, the being able to tell stories or making people feel good? I think so, but I think it's also, and I think it comes from um, journalism, is being able to take very complicated Uh, subject matter and break it down so it's every mom, as I call it, finding that least common denominator. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even in my novel, Destiny Lingers, it deals with a lot of the race and the class issues that we deal with today. But when it's wrapped up in a love story, um, a second chance love story, it's an it's a different way to 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 deal with difficult topics. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I was reading off all the stuff and I forgot you wrote this sex novel. I don't know. If I, you know I forgot about that. It okay. has some great sex scenes. It's not oh, a sex yeah. novel. I, I, I can't even. I I gotta go take a shower right now or smoke a cigarette right now. It's called Destiny Lingers, and it it is. And you know, it's funny because ro- um, Amazon is calling it a romance suspense novel. But yeah, um, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. How much of that is you in there? 
Well, it is, I will admit, um, it was, when I wrote the book, it just came out last year, it was, uh, it was a new form of literature called creative nonfiction. So there is a lot that is based on some truths. Like, for instance, you know, it's about an investigative news reporter who gets a second yep. chance at her first love. But she, yep. she handles this hostage situation. And back in the 80s, I really did help negotiate a hostage situation that ended very peacefully. In fact, if it had ended the way it ends in my book, I would have 10 Emmys by now. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, so basically what you can do is take some basic truths and elaborate for creative license. And there's a lot of good, juicy stuff in there. Yeah, so you take a piece from here, a piece from here, and a piece from here and stitch it together. Exactly. So am I Am I the love interest? Well, you know something? I would say he could be modeled after you, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're keeping, you're keep, you're keeping my, my hopes and dreams alive. Hopes and dreams alive. I hope Tammy's not listening right now. In big trouble. Oh, she enjoyed your show the other day too. It was uh, it was so we. I never. I laughed my ass off at Caroline's. You you. What was it like to to go? In, that was your first time. Well, no, it wasn't your first time. You've done it a couple times now. Yeah, you know, I'm a regular out at the. I've been doing comedy now for two and a half years. I'm a regular at the comedy store in L.A. and Flappers. I was a headliner, mm -hmm. and then I did a couple of times where I joined other comedians in when I came to New York for Caroline's, mm -hmm. and then they asked me to ha if I'd like to headline which is headline, 45 hey, minutes. i was like yeah. sure that was amazing what, what a lot of people don't know is that i've always wanted to to perform on broadway and and comedy is one of my greatest loves i was a theater yeah. arts major at spelman college with a with a concentration in comedy uh there weren't a lot of opportunities back in the 80s early 80s for a black woman in 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 acting and television so I went, actually, what was my backup plan, went into the news business. And, yep. and so it was a, it was a joy to make that complete, you know, circle and, and go back and, and achieve something I've always dreamed of doing. And, and I hope to be back. It was a lot of well, fun. You, uh, you, you should be back. You, you crushed it. You crushed it. So how does that work? I, I, I'm going to ask you the business side of that. I'm going to be so crass to ask you that. <laughs> do, they, do they pay you a set amount or do you get part of the take? Because, I mean, you had a sellout crowd there. Yeah. And not just one, not just like first show, second show. And maybe you had a, a you know, kind of a risque third show. I don't even know. But, <laughs> but, but the first two were hot enough. But they were, you know, you were, you were sold out. So how does that work? I'm curious. Well, they, they see, I'm big. I'm one of the beginners. I mean, for the first year, year and a half, you'll do anything to get on anything. stage. You don't have to get paid. I mean, that's yeah. what you'll do. But and yeah. a burger and a burger and, and a, a burger, burger. exactly. <laughs> some, free, some some free water in the green room. You're happy. Yeah. Uh, but no, th they paid me. And then, of course, if the crowd is as good as it was, yes, I did get a bonus. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That's and, awesome. That's and hopefully cool. those numbers are going to grow and grow and grow. That's the plan. Well, you know, in part of it, you, you, you build a good clientele, so to speak, right? Absolutely. You know? And you know, that community is so important, as you well know, uh, over the years, we both have enjoyed great, great communities of, of friends and followers and admirers and just, you know, great people. And that, that helps you. You can put, they like that because the bigger the crowd you got, because you had a gal there who, who opened for you. 
that was like, my gosh, didn't she have like? Oh my God, her name her name is Manon Matthews, and her yeah. big claim to fame was having four million followers on Vine, which yeah. translates to like a million followers now on Facebook, and she's like almost a million on Instagram. I mean, it's crazy how, how yeah. this following she has. She is one of the big influencers, and mm-hmm. so um, my comedy coach out here said, get her because yeah, I mean that's part of the the thing too. She's funny. But she also yeah. has a big drawing too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Although you you outdrew her. I mean, yeah. You know, I watched the crowd. You know, I'm sitting there, you know, enjoying the show without question. But at the same time, I'm watching the light cues. You know, when they give you the red light right. when you're supposed to be wrapping up, and I'm watching all that stuff, right? Uh-huh. And then I'm watching the audience because that's that's what I do. You know, I, I once went to a. Um, you know, workaholics uh, clinic for a week, you know, this whole, I, I was working too much and my family was concerned. So they sent me away for a week and, uh, you know, to get cured, you know, I'm sitting in the back of the room going, figuring out the take, you know, of the, of the entire week. So, I mean, you know, I, I, that was a pretty good business. I was thinking how to get into that, but anyway. So, but, uh, but I noticed, uh, you know, who was there for her afterwards, you know, you see him rush up and so forth and so on. You, you know, you packed it, you packed it. Thank you so, so much. Did you, did you, how did you get started in the whole business of, of all of the stuff that you've done? Well, I, uh, went to school and studied a lot of stuff, you know, yeah. I think yeah. that, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because I look back on, on my life and I remember my, I come from a family of storytellers. I think being a Southern family, that's what we do. My dad was the funniest man on earth. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I, I had people around me like Dr. Maya Angelou, who was a close family friend and, and just, well, this, you, call, you actually call her auntie, auntie. Yeah, auntie Maya. Yeah. Auntie Maya. But you know, I was always around very, um, verbose people uh, mm-hmm. and very intelligent people. And then, of course, going to Spelman College, majoring in theater arts and English. That really helped me um, find my way with my words and my performances. And then I went on to Columbia's Graduate School of Journalism, telling stories on a different level. And I think that that was the trajectory. You know, I started um, at a CBS affiliate in North Carolina, then was one of the first duo women anchor teams in the early 80s at New Jersey Network News. Then WNBC in New York, WABC in New York, Inside Edition, The Rolanda Show. It's all storytelling. All Mm -hmm. of it's storytelling. Then I translate. I wanted to go tell stories in a different way. So I went to Hollywood when my show was over. And I've been acting and writing and producing films and uh, doing stand-up comedy and writing books. Still storytelling. Still storytelling. You know, but there's a there's a thing that you have. You first of all, you have the spark, you have that energy, you have that that just attraction, which just makes you. And you're just a genuine and nice person. I, I've got I know you over the years, but you know the other thing that you have, and you, I can hear it in your voice, is the articulation, the intelligence that not a lot of people in this business have. And you've got it. it, it that, where did that, did it, was it because you studied or was that your, was that your mom or was that your dad that you, you kind of got that from? Yeah, well, both of my parents were educators and, you know, mm-hmm. education it was, is freedom, you know, it, for, for the, for black folks in America. Um, but also education is, is, you know, that's the, as my folks used to say, that's the one thing nobody can take from you. They can't take what mm-hmm. you've learned out of your brain. And I just find that I enjoy education. My my mother was um, got my both of my parents have two master's degrees. My mother has a doctorate, 
Um, she was at a, an associate dean at Bowman Gray Wake Forest Medical School. My father was the fine arts director at, at Winston-Salem State University. Had a great-great-grandfather who was one of the founders of Bennett College, an all-women's college in Greensboro. So, you know, most of the people in my family have have many higher degrees and were chemists and and you know, college founders and, you know, all that. So, and and the community that I come from in Winston-Salem was very much about arts and education. You know, North Carolina is the education state and the arts state. All of that tobacco money paid off. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, and, and, you know, I went to Salem Academy, an all-girls high school founded in 1772. <laughs> wow. So there's tradition of learning. And I think as a woman coming up, um, particularly in the in the types of things that I wanted to do, being in a newsroom and and writing a book. I mean, you you got to have your stuff together. And I also think articulation is important, Jeffrey, because you know there's so many times that people will assume that because I'm black or because I'm a woman, I can't speak, I can't think, I can't you know handle myself in public. I can't you know. And and my life is to say the devil is a liar. That yes, yeah. that yes, you can be pretty and smart and and articulate and strong and have a, a voice and an opinion that is heard. That's important. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm an example of that pretty and smart comment right there. That's me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. true, Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, I wish, I wish. So I'm going to ask you just a real blunt question. This gets to the race. You know, you and you and I were talking all this Harvey Weinstein stuff's going on. And we were talking about that and what it's like in the business and so forth. But I want to talk to you about the I want to talk about the race card for a second because okay. you know, I grew up I grew up in Georgia I grew up mm-hmm. not in the richest place in the world not the richest family I mean, my father was in the military my mother was a bookkeeper and and you know and uh, I never saw color even though it was all around me I never saw it in fact you know I went to church, by church you know by myself I'd go down there because they had great music and I loved <laughs> it and, 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 uh, and then they used the eight afterwards. That was pretty good, too. Oh, always some good food in the church basement. <laughs> exactly. Well, we, uh, we actually went, I, I, it was a tent. A lot of times it was a tent. And I lived in, actually, most people don't even know this. I lived in a mobile home park. That's where we grew up. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so not, not on the right side of the tracks, as some people might say. But the, it, you said this about education is a freedom for black folks. I think that's the quote, quote you use. Mm-hmm. So don't, nobody mm-hmm. don't write me and yell at me and do all that stuff. <laughs> I got you, Jim. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but but do you think? Do you? I mean, did you see that? Was that? Is that? Did that come up in your in your career? Was it more of a uh, anti woman thing, or what was it for you? Or both? Well, you know, being was in the both? news. Yeah, it, it, of course, it was both because you know, coming up in the news business, my goodness, that is a white male dominated mm-hmm. industry. I mean, at least it unless used you're to be. a fox, and- you're now you got to be blonde and white. You know? <laughs> There, there is some yeah. cool truth to that, maybe. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's uh, sure. I mean, I, I can remember being in the 80s in the news business. You didn't even think about the possibility of being the, the Monday through Friday anchor person in network. If you were black or a wow. woman, that just wasn't going to happen. You didn't even think about it. it would, and you never thought that there would be two women anchoring at the same time. 
or, or, or two blacks at the same time. You know, in fact, I can remember when, when there would be like two black women working in the whole news team and a third black woman would come in for a job interview and the two black women would look at each other like, okay, which one, one of us is going? One of us is out. One of us is out. They can't be the same. Start tightening up your tennis shoes so you can run faster so the bear doesn't get you. But did, did it ever, did it, was there ever a time that helped you? I mean, where you you hey you 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 walk by everybody in the line because you went to the front of the line because of color. Well, I think that uh, I got a lot of exclusive stories in Harlem. I think because you know mm-hmm. because and you know and and you know I don't yeah, think but it's, that's kind of ridiculous to think that's got to be the black beat or the African American beat. You know you know what I mean? That's just bullshit. You well, know, but, that's, but that's, I get it. I get it. I yeah, get it. it's like there's a big story. You're black. Go cover it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's the way things are. But you know something, I, I that's it's you know the seventies were very influential in making sure that women and minorities got opportunities in the business. When I came along in the eighties, they were like, "Hey, listen, we filled our quotas." So I know that it had to be because I was good, because the quotas were filled. They had the two point three black women. They had the four point three other women. You know, whatever. But. I, the, the quotas were filled. So I know that if I got into WNBC at that time or, or, or on Eyewitness News as an anchor and investigative news reporter and producer, it had to be because of performance and because my ratings on Sunday night were bigger than any any news show during the week. Yeah, but look at this. I mean, so now I'm going to go all the way here. So Oprah gets a show, mm-hmm. big show, mm-hmm. and you got a big show. Mm-hmm. So you guys were like opposite of each other. And here's two very powerful, very, very talented women who happen to both be black who are competing against each other. I mean, that uh, you, I, that's, 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 uh, that's on merit, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's totally merit. Yeah. <laughs> and well, even, I mean, and I, even though we were in the same house, King World, just because yeah, you were King, we were both at King World, but just the nature of this beast called television, of course, pitted us. And the tabloids were always saying we were fighting and killing yeah. each other. Uh, which which mm-hmm. wasn't true. We weren't fighting and killing. Well, you, you had that dartboard with a picture. <laughs> there was that target bullseye. No. <laughs> I'm teasing. Do you ever run into her and talk to her about those days? I don't talk to her about those days, but I do run into mm-hmm. her. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I see her every once in a while, say hello. And of course, we had uh, King World in common and we had Dr. Maya Angelou in common. So um, yeah, we've shared some. What do you th- What do you think? had that move that forward that that quite i'm going to ask you that too that you that i'm sure you thought about this she was able to move to that next level on that next side you moved to a, just a different role a different way mm-hmm. what do you think was the difference there well i think that oprah was among the first you know so she yeah. had a built-in audience by the yeah. time i came along it, there were 50 shows on the air. There had to be. And all the big eight, as we call them, the Sally, Jeffy, Jesse, Raphael's and, you know, the Mari and Oprah, all of those. They had the, the mainstay of the, the, the audience. And so it was people like me, Geraldo and Jerry Springer who were fighting for whatever little audience was left. And mm-hmm. it was when. And I can, we can remember when Jerry couldn't catch a cold. And then remember if you might, some of. He still quite frankly can't catch a cold. <laughs> well, he can, catch, yeah, he can catch a whole bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, but still, that was the worst shows you ever saw in your yeah. life. I mean, you don't, you don't want to do that stuff. No, I never no. And, that's, that. and quite honestly, that is the reason that after four yeah. very good seasons, we decided to fold up and go do something new. Because you either yeah. had to compete with that or, you know, or you're just going to 
<laughs> implode or <laughs> disappear. You know, speaking, you know, we said Harvey Weinstein. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now let's go the opposite of that. The head of King World. Yeah. He was, he was a class act. Oh, he? my God. Roger King was one of the best human mm -hmm. beings that walked this earth. Crazy, uh, you know, big, bigger than life, but one of the best hearts, one of the best people, and he was one of my best friends. And mm -hmm. uh, just a joy to work with because, you know, I have to say that, that Roger and I were friends long before the talk show came along. And, in fact, he'd been trying to get me to do, do a talk show for about five years. And... um I think there was some talk at the time that Oprah was thinking about leaving and, and it was a business move for him to say, come on, I need, I know you do live TV and I need your help. I, you're, you're, I need a, a favor from a friend. That's what he said. And God, when you say something like that to me, what am I going to do? I'm not going to leave you hanging. So I did a talk show for him and it was for the best years. He saw something in me I didn't even see in myself. So I have to say, and plus he did it big. I mean, when we talk about syndicated yeah. television and business, Jeffrey, Roger King was un. I mean, there were nobody ever like him. He was the, he still today is the number one sellingest human being in television history. Yeah. And he's gone. Yeah, and he's gone at yeah. the early age of 60. And his brother, who was the co-executive producer of my show, is gone too. You know, mm -hmm. and they live big lives. I mean, at the nappy conventions, he'd ride in on an elephant. He had the best parties with Elton John and, and you know, the, some of the biggest people in the, in the business at the time who would show up. And it was and he sold. And I'm going to tell you, he was he was a gangster in the room, too. He would he would go in there with those GMs. And he would say, listen, do you want Wheel of Fortune? Do you want Jeopardy? Do you want Oprah? Then you have to take Rolanda. He was tough in the room, but um, he, he was just a brilliant, brilliant man. What was the best lesson that you learned out of that experience? Wow. Um, just the power of television, the power of one yeah. hour. I mean, we did incredible things on my talk show. We got kids out of gangs. We... Uh, saved lives. We had kids who were didn't want to come out the closet because they thought their parents would disown them and they won't kill themselves. We talked them out of that. Mm -hmm. We talked about AIDS in town hall meetings with teenagers. We, we were the only show that had a seat in the O.J. Simpson trial. That was a major boon for us. because Yeah, I remember yeah, that. I remember we that. beat yeah. everybody because we came out of hiatus. And that is when being like the one of the only journalists, I think it was only me and Geraldo who were actually journalists in the talk show thing, um, that that journalism really came in that other that other thing I used to do because I remember people used to say you're a news reporter what do you mean you're going to be a talk show host and you see how natural that that segue was but um yeah it was trying something out of the box and doing it fearlessly and realizing that the that the that what was more important than my fear was the power that we had in that hour to change and better lives uh, well, you, and of course, you talk about how to make that transition. It was, again, getting back to what you said earlier, telling stories. Yeah. Did you ever say sometimes, hey, we're not doing that? Absolutely. I, yeah. Absolutely. I can still see the skid marks and smell, and smell the, the, the rubber on the, on the asphalt. When um, we did a show one time, Jeffrey, when, you know, the, the whole Jerry Springer tide was starting to happen. And we did a show. And it was a surprise guest. And the man admitted that he was having an affair and his girlfriend and the girlfriend said something. And this guy turned and looked at this woman and hopped a big wad of spit on her. 
And I stopped the show. I said, there is no way I'm going to continue this show. You get off my stage. You get him. Yeah. And and my producers were like, no, this is great. I said, no, I'm not going to ever have a woman get spit on national TV on my show. It's not going to yeah. happen. So I wouldn't even finish the show because I knew they'd probably air it. Well, this audience gave me a standing ovation. My producers were through the roof upset because they thought this was a, a shining moment in television. And I was like, no, we can't. I said, one of these, we put all these people back on a plane after they've hopped on each other. They're going to go yeah. kill each other. Two weeks yeah. later, Jeffrey, the the Jenny Jones murder happened. Oh, yeah. Remember that. And yeah. everybody came back a little more humble about, yeah, I guess we shouldn't take that direction. And I said, listen, at the end of the day, all you have is your integrity. And it's yeah. my name up there, not anybody else's. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there is a line, there is a line. Yeah, you can cross that line. Yeah, I just, uh, my integrity is everything, and you know, it, it just, I mean, we didn't always do the most perfect show. I can't say that, but, mm -hmm. but I tell you what, at the end of the day, we we did a good job, and I think that's what we we're still known for. So let's go to something a lot more pleasant, a lot more impactful. And that's your, your auntie, Maya. Oh, yeah. So how'd you meet? Well, she, um, my mother was very instrumental in getting her to come as an emeritus professor at Wake Forest University. And through that connection, they became the best of friends, as well as my father. And we basically, around uh, Auntie Maya, had a village of people from all over the world. I mean, about 250 people would fly in every Thanksgiving, every 4th of July, and on Easter. Um, she, her birthday was the same day that Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated, so she refused mm -hmm. to celebrate her birthday on that day. But Easter was a big time for her. And there were times, I remember... Um, I would go and spend well, I, a weekend I, with be honest with you, I remember seeing, yeah, I remember seeing pictures of you guys having Easter dinners together. Yeah. And then oh, Oprah would throw these incredible parties for her every five years. And, you know, something just incredible with everybody in the world who's anybody would be there. And it was just, you know, she was just, uh, and, and to be honest with you, still to this day, we still, as the village, as we call ourselves, still meet and, mm -hmm. and gather in her name. She was uh, an amazing human being. And I, I tell you, now that I'm talking to you, Jeffrey, I'm really blessed to have known a Roger King and a Dr. Maya Angelou and a Jeffrey Hazlett. I mean, <laughs> uh, you're, so, you're so nice. Well, you turned me on to her. I thought you loved her so much. I remember I, I, we had you host one of our C-suite network events. And you you and I were talking at some some backstage or something. You kept talking about her, and I was looking at pictures of her. And then I went out and bought her album. Mm. Um, her, uh, I don't know if it, I don't even know if it's an album, but it was. I bought a, a whole set of hers, and I listened to them, and just hear her reciting the poems. Yeah. So, some of which I don't understand. I get that. That's just me. Right. I I'm still trying to get in, in touch with all those sides of my life. <laughs> And but there were some that were like, wow, that was impactful. Yeah. I mean, that was, you, know. you know, she at the at the time of her death um, and she was in her mid 80s by this time. By the, by the time of her death, she was still working on 16 different projects, one of which was that rap 
uh, combination. The rap that was the one. Yeah, the, it's, I, I listened to that. It, that's that's yeah. It's called Harlem Hopscotch or something, but yeah. it, no, it's called the Cage Bird Songs. So Cage Bird the Songs. Cage yeah. Bird, so they, they took yeah. all of her poetry and and she was trying to let the poetry reach a new generation, and she was working with these hip hop producers. To make this wonderful, which I think is a wonderful album. The sad thing is she died before the real publicity came out on it. But if you get a chance, it's on it's on net, um, iTunes. iTunes. Yeah. iTunes. That's where I that's where I got it. Was iTunes. I remember but, I but you know, you think about you know, there's another you know, major <laughs> year old an eighty year old poet I, doing rap. That I mean, something? that was she. But, yeah. but that's who she was, and I think that's part of the influence that I pick up too, Jeffrey, because she was a dancer. She was a professor. She was a, a civil rights leader. She was a great. She was called the people's poet. In fact, um, for for the United States, when especially after she delivered that the morning poem for mm. for the for the uh, Clinton inauguration. Yeah. I mean, she was so many different things. And the thing that most people know her for, um, and she's got more than a hundred honorary doctorates. But the thing that she's mostly known for is I know why the Cage Bird sings, which was her famous book. She didn't write that book until she was in her mid fifties. Wow. She directed her first film at seventy six. So, you know, that kind of thing really inspires me to to, to keep the reinvention thing in, in the hip pocket. It works. Well, but you talk about reinvention. You know, it's we're not defined by just one one label. True. But, you know, you're, you're not just black. You're not just beautiful. You're not just you know, you're not just articulate. You're you're that and this and this and this and this just like she she was. Yeah. And I, right. and I got my ancestry DNA done. Clearly, I'm not just one thing. <laughs> did, did, did you? What'd you come back with? I'm 48% European. Is that right? <laughs> Mostly Great Britain and yeah. Ireland. And there's actually, oh. there's actually some European Jew in me yeah. and, and a lot of Northern European. And then on the African side, it's mainly Cameroon. And that that area and and a little place called the Republic of the Benin, which I'd never heard of. But their great claim to fame was their women warriors. Now I understand it. <laughs> there you go. See, I got mine back. I'm 50, like 59 percent Irish. And then then I did find a little tiny piece of Native American, but not much. Not enough for casino money. And then and then but I did find out I was like one tenth of like one one hundredth of uh, East African. Look, I know which, you got some brother in you, Jeffrey. Yeah, which, which explains my dancing. I think that explains my dancing. <laughs> well, you know one thing I love about you, Jeffrey, and I tell you this all the time. You've got one of the best souls. You know, you're just, you're just a good soul, brother. You know, I can say stuff like that and and people won't get mad at me because I don't, I'm not, I'm just having fun. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to. To make fun of people, make fun of myself more than anything. No, but I you, think people are so people are so politically correct, par, uh, paralyzed today. Yeah, it's so obvious. I mean, I think one of the most wonderful things in the world to do is talk about our differences. I mean, it's oh, I think with so race and class, and it doesn't have to be an angry conversation. I think that that's one of the things I wanted to achieve in my book, and I and I've been. I've had a lot of my friends say, I'm so glad it's not an angry book. You're not angry. I said, no, what's there to be angry about? It's just life. Although I was with Steve Wozniak last night, and he started telling a Hispanic joke, and I said, Steve, I don't think you should tell a Hispanic <laughs> joke unless you're Hispanic, okay? Right. I just, just, that's just my, that's my two cents, but he went ahead with it anyway. Uh, uh, let me, I'm going to ask you one last thing, and that's, 
it's 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 certainly not no way is it over you're in the prime of your career you're in the prime of everything but has it been everything you thought it would be so far it's been in some ways more than i ever dreamed um but there are quite there there, there are a couple of little areas i wish had been bigger yeah. you know i i think that you know, there are times I say, did I achieve as much in, in in Hollywood as I did in New York? I don't, I don't, I busted out a whole bunch of new, wonderful careers, but to make that kind of impact on a place that I did in New York, I didn't feel that that happened in, in Hollywood. It also reaffirmed to me that I am grateful that I waited so long to go there and have that experience. I would not be the same person I am today if I had gone to Hollywood in my 20s. Praise Jesus, I didn't do that. Um, Because Hollywood is- It would have messed you up. It would have messed you up. Oh, I would have been so messed up. And and Jeffrey, what breaks my heart is I see people um, who are older people who came there young and have nothing to show for it. Nothing. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, and, and you wonder why porn is the number one industry there because there, it's the land of broken dreams. And, but thank God I had other, you know, I have a name and I have things to build on, but yeah, there's, it's, it's not easy out there. And in fact, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of moving back to New York. I just, uh, come on back. I'm moving back, man. I'm, you're the first person you know to hear what? this publicly. You know, I, I'm not surprised because you light up when you're back here. Yeah, I do. You do. I, I'm you home. Do. No, you do. It is. You light up. I see. I see that spark in your eye and everything. Your pictures, talking to the cab drivers when you're visiting with them. I mean, I see. Could I see a lot of your posts and stuff? Yeah, and yeah I can tell it. I can tell it. It's, you know what? Then you and I can go have more bacon and steaks. I tonight. know. I had some bacon today on my salad. I thought about you. <laughs> um, I, I, I have actually not had a thing, but tonight I am going for bacon and steaks. I can tell you that. <laughs> I think I might try to join you. <laughs> and, and a little Glenfiddich scotch because, you know, because I can. That's why. That's, that's right. Well, well, listen, Rolanda, I I just love you. You know that. If I if I weren't married, I know, man, oh, man, we'd, we'd, oh, it would, I, we, we'd be the second novel. <laughs> Jeffrey, I'm going to tell you something. When you say that, I'm going to tell you this. I take that as a major compliment because, hey, listen, sweetheart, you should. You better. Thank you, thank you. Because I would, I would like to have a boyfriend at some point. So if you know somebody who's got kind of like your qualities or something, take, take, get me off Tinder and match. (laughs) Unfortunately for both of us, they broke them all. They broke them all. That's it. Listen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being on here on All Business with Jeffrey. Listen, Jeffrey, thank you so much. And you and your family sitting in that audience meant the world to me. Thank you for your continued and unyielding support, my brother. You are always there for me, and I thank you so much. I'm honored. Cheers. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. 
If you're a fan of this podcast, you should check out Business Builder's show with Marty Wolf at csuiteradio.com. That's right, right here on C-Suite Radio. I'm pushing another show. Why? Because it's that doggone good. His interview style is awesome. He gets down in the journeys of his guests and how they got to where they are. So check him out today. And don't forget to check out our show too. You know, check it out and send it off to some other people. You know, after every show, I like to talk about what I learned. And, you know, we talked about labels. Uh, there's so many different labels that we can give to one another. You know, Maya Angelou, all the different things that she did. Rolanda Watts, all the things she does. Jeffrey Hazel, all the things I do. And how about you, my friend? You could be a brother, an uncle, a sister, a cousin, uh, you know, who knows, a partner, a husband, a father. I don't know. All these different labels and things that you do in life, do they really define us? Do they really, that one word, that one label define us? I don't think so. And that's what I think I learned today. We're multifaceted. We're human beings. We're wonderful people. And, you know, I learned that again today that uh, we're on this big, long journey. And there's going to be a lot of labels that we can put on our shirts to say who we are. You know, on that big name tag, that one word that describes you. There's never just one word. And by God, I'm glad of that. Not one word to describe this show. And thanks for listening And uh, don't forget to tell your friends, you've been listening right here on C-Suite Radio. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.